awesome God. Father God, we pray tonight that the Holy Spirit would guide and lead us doing this Bible study. These are your sheep. May we rest tonight in your divine bosom and hear the comforting words from your spirit. And all of the power and the glory and the honor will be yours and the blessing will be on your people tonight as we become not only hearers of your word but doers of your word and we'll glorify you in it in Jesus' name. Amen. We started this uh, teaching last week talking about radical faith connecting with God's power, our God, our awesome God. And we uh, touched on several things. That word radical, I want to kind of review that a little bit. That word radical means extreme. It means extreme. And uh, that's where God wants our faith to be. He wants our faith to be extreme. He wants it to be uh, far-reaching. He wants us to believe him because he can do anything. We serve the God that can do the impossible. And we're in covenant relationship with him. And we touched on some things last week in the book of Numbers, chapter 14. I'm not going to go there. But uh, we, we found out that Moses <clears throat> was given an order by God to send the children of Israel, into uh, the promised land to spy it out, 12 spies. And I made a statement last week that uh, I believe Moses could have said, he didn't do this, but he, he could have told God, he could have said, God, we don't have to send those spies in there. You already done told us that the land is ours. And we, can, uh, we just can go in there and... Uh, and, and take the land because we got faith in you. Amen. Uh, Moses didn't do that, of course. He, he uh, you know, sent the 12 spies in. But I, I really believe he could have done that because he could have a- operated in a radical type of faith and just said, you know what, uh, God, we're just going to go in there and glorify you and we're going to possess our inheritance. And I don't believe God would have been upset with him. I really don't. Uh, I believe God would have said, go for it. Go for it. God is never turned off when his people are walking in extreme radical belief. Matter of fact, uh, I believe that he will say an amen to that when, when he sees his people operating on that level. Uh, I, thought, I thought about uh, Peter and how Peter was in the boat with the rest of the disciples. And uh, he saw Jesus. They saw Jesus walking on the water. And uh, they thought it was a ghost. All of them did. But Peter said, Lord, Jesus said, it's, it's, it's I don't be afraid. It's not a ghost. It's me. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Jesus didn't tell him, no, you can't come. You can't walk on the water. I'm the deity son of God. Only I can do this. No, he said, come. And, of course, Peter stepped out of the boat and began to do the supernatural. He asked God's permission. Just like I believe Moses could have asked God permission too. Somebody said, well, that would would have been being presumptuous. No, not if you check with God first. Amen. If you would have checked with God first and and, and said, we're going to go in, Lord, by your permission and and take the land. And I believe that had they went in there, those 12 spies, the whole nation would have went in uh, at one time. I believe they would have overtook them that day because of the power of faith, the power of connecting with an awesome God. I, I think about the woman with the issue of blood. And she was radical in her belief system. This lady had uh, been for 12 years, I believe, afflicted with that issue of blood. 
suffering. The Bible says she spent all the money she had on physicians. Thank God for physicians, though, right? <laughs> Without the doctors, I believe half of us would be dead, right? <laughs> yeah, because we're not walking in that kind of faith most of the time. But that lady, she was determined to receive from God. And, of course, you know, uh, during the, at that time, if a Jew was out there unclean or anything like that, bless you, they'd be stoned. They were supposed to be stoned. They could be out in public. You're supposed to stay in the house if you're bound with a sickness like that, leprosy or something like that. But this lady, she was like, nothing from nothing, leave nothing. I'm fixing to go out here. I heard about this rabbi, and he heals. And she made that decision. She said, I'm going out here, and if I can get close enough to touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made whole. That was radical. That was radical faith. That was stepping outside the box and saying, I'm going to get what God has for me. And I believe that when we operate in this kind of radical faith, we do connect with God's best. We do connect with the power of God. I believe that that is our portion in this generation. I think that's what God wants us to start experiencing right now here at the Ark Fellowship. I believe that he's making us new sharp threshing instruments with teeth. He's, he's turning us into what he wants us to be as we begin to become those people who are willing to believe God no matter what. No matter what it look like, no matter what it feel like, no matter what everybody else is saying, we're going to get what the Bible says we can get because the Word of God promises us that. And like I said, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't believe that we offend God when we walk in this kind of faith. I believe we glorify Him when we walk in this kind of faith. So when we see these examples in the Bible of people exercising this far-reaching faith, I believe that it's an example for us to step out just like they do. You know, one of the scriptures that really excite me in the Bible is that God is not a respecter of persons. If he does it for one, he'll do it for the next. He's not a respecter of persons. He is a respecter of faith. And if you got faith in the word, in the promises, God says, I'll back my promises, I'll back my word up as you exhibit faith in what I've said. And so tonight, I want, I want us to allow our minds to become free and allow the Holy Spirit to show us what's possible through believing our God, through believing the Word of God, through believing the covenant that we have with God through Jesus Christ. Nothing shall be impossible to those who really believe, to those who really release divine faith. Healing is possible. Deliverance is possible. Divine peace is possible. You may have been tormented for years and years and years. Tonight could be your night to get free forever. I believe that. I believe that in one instance, as you release this kind of faith, God can set you free from years of torment, years of bondage, years of fear. And you can receive a breakthrough as you release your faith tonight. Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. I want to kind of start there tonight. We touched on this a little bit last week. Matthew chapter 16. And uh, we found out that Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he said here in verse 4 of chapter 16, because they was asking for a sign from heaven. They was looking for natural confirmation that the word of God was true. They wanted something out here that they could see with their eyes and touch with their, light, with their, with their physical man. And Jesus tells them some, says something here very interesting. He says here in verse 4, a wicked and adulterous generation, they seek, they seek it after a sign. 
So he, he told them that they were wicked. That word wicked means twisted in their thinking, adulterous, idolatry in their hearts. They seek after a sign, and there shall no sign be given them. He said, you're not going to get nothing out here in the natural that's going to confirm what I'm telling you. You're going to have to believe by faith because he says here, but the sign of the prophet Jonah, of course, Jonah was in the belly of the well three days and three nights, just like Jesus was in the belly of the earth three, nights, three days and three nights. In other words, they're going to have to exhibit faith in the resurrected Jesus Christ if they're going to receive the supernatural in their life. You're not going to be able to walk in the natural and experience the supernatural unless you release the faith of the supernatural. So that's what Jesus is saying. He says, you want natural confirmation before you believe, and it's not going to happen. You're going to have to believe and walk by faith and not by sight. That's what he's telling them. I believe um, they were the seed of Abraham. And when Israel fell, God, back in the book of Numbers, with unbelief, I believe that curse of unbelief was handed down from generation to generation. I really believe that. I mean, Israel would experience victories through King David and through some of the other guys periodically, but they would always fall back into unbelief. They would always fall back into idolatry, which is unbelief. And I think that that, that poison had followed them all these generations. They were still wanting some natural confirmation, something out here that they could see and feel before they, they would really release their faith. And God, he doesn't, he, he doesn't want us to live that way. He wants us to have a, a, a supernatural faith in his word and what he says. I made that statement last week. God has one passion, and that is to be believed. He wants his people to trust him, to trust in his word. And so Jesus said, they're not going to get any, any signs from heaven. I'm not going to give you none of that. You're going to have to walk by faith if you're going to receive anything from me. So let's go here to John chapter 20. And let's look at uh, the situation here with um, the disciples and Jesus. And I think this here is a, a real good lesson on walking by faith and not by sight. John 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. So picture that in your mind, the disciples are all together, and the Bible says the doors are shut. Came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. So he appears for the first time to his disciples. Verse 20 says, And when he had said so, he showed unto them his hands and his side. So he shows them something. He lets them see his hands and the, and the side where the spear went in, the hole that the spear went in. The Bible says, Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Well, they should have been glad when Mary Magdalene told them that he had been raised from the dead, right? They should have been excited when they heard that because he had told them over and over again before he went to the cross all through his earthly ministry when he was dealing with them that the Son of God, Son of Man, must suffer many things, die at the hands of wicked men, and then be raised on the third day. He had told them that over and over again, and yet they had trouble connecting that in their thinking. So when they saw him and they saw the hole in his side and his hands, then they were glad. How many of you know God don't want us to get, just get glad when we see something? He wants us to walk by faith. He wants us to walk by his word. Somebody said they'll, get, they'll be glad when they, get, when they feel healed. No, you need to be glad you healed now because he said you're healed right now. He said by his stripes you're healed. By his stripes ye were healed. Hallelujah. So God wants us to have a faith 
in his word before we see any natural confirmation. That's the challenge. Now let's jump down here to verse 24. All the disciples were there except for Thomas. So the Bible says here in verse 24, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Demas, was not with them when Jesus came. So Thomas wasn't there. He didn't see Jesus. He didn't have the opportunity to see with his eyes Jesus Christ raised from the dead. But he says here in verse 25, And the other disciples therefore said unto him, so they got with him, We have seen the Lord. We got some natural confirmation that he had been raised from the dead. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. So Thomas says, my criteria in order to believe is I got to see something, I got to feel something, or I will not believe. That tells me something right there, that believing is an act of your will. He says, I will not believe. He, he could have believed, but he says, I, I choose as an act of my will not to believe until I see something. Now, I know what he said, that he was going to be raised from the dead, and I know what y'all say. But I don't, I'm not going to believe it until these eyes can see, until these, my, my fingers can touch it. So it says here in verse 26, And after eight days, so eight days have passed after they've talked with Thomas, and again the disciples were, were, were then, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, <laughs> and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Now, this is awesome. He walks in. He just walks through the wall, I guess, right? With his supernatural body. He walks through the wall and he says, Peace be unto you. Then he went straight to Thomas. Amen? He's coming straight to us tonight. He's coming straight to Roy tonight. He says, Reach hither your finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it in my side. So he says, I want you, I'm giving you all this natural confirmation that you needed before you would believe. Then he says, and be not faithless, but believing. So he, he tells Thomas, here I am. You see me with your eyes. I want you to put your finger in, 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 in my side. I want you to put your finger in the print of, my, in, of the nails. And he says, don't be a man without faith, but I want you to be a man of faith. I want you to believe. You're believing because you see me. Because that's, that's what he's going to tell him. He says here in verse 28, And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. So now, now he wants to worship God, right? After he's seen something, after, he, after his natural senses have been satisfied, he wants to worship. He says, my Lord and my God. How many of y'all know we need to start rejoicing before we see it? We need to start rejoicing before the pain leaves. See, that's real faith. Before I see anything, before I feel anything, before the money's in the bank, I got to believe. I got to worship. I got to bless God. I got to praise God. See, that's, that's when I know I'm walking by faith. Not when I, I can feel healed. Not when the temperature goes down. I, 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 I believe him because of what he said. Jesus tells it right here in verse 29. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, thou hast believed. But blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. So, so the, 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 the real blessing comes to those who don't have to have natural confirmation. They don't have to ha have the doctor's report before they'll rejoice. They'll, they'll believe before they see the doctor's report. They'll believe before they, they even go to the doctor. They'll believe that, that God has healed them on the, on the basis of his word. See, that's where God wants us. 
He wants us connecting with him on this level. And it's possible. It's possible. What has to happen is there has to be a shift in the way we, the way we think. There has to be a total renewal of the mind in terms of faith, in terms of what the Word says, in terms of the power of the Word. And our ability through Christ to tap into God's best because He said so. So I don't, I don't have to have anything out here in the natural to tell me that God's Word is true. That's where God wants us. He wants us to believe Him even when everything is going haywire. In the middle of the storm, He wants us to trust Him. In the middle of the test, He wants us to hold on to the Word and stagger not like Abraham did. The Bible says, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but grew strong in faith. The worst things got, his faith got stronger. That's where God wants us. And I believe that that's where the members of the Ark Fellowship are going to get to. I believe that's our portion in this season. I believe that God's going to raise us up to this kind of mentality where we trust God utterly. We trust God when everything looks like we shouldn't. When everything is contrary to what we're believing him for, we're still standing and standing strong. This is where he wants us. And this is possible. This is possible. This kind of faith is is truly possible because God gave us that kind of faith. It's there. It's, it's, It's resident on the inside of you and I when we are born again. He placed it there. But that faith has to be developed. And that's what uh, these series of teachings are going to be about. Developing our faith to that level where, listen to me now, nothing shakes us. We may not be there right now, but I'm telling you, God's going to take us there. Where where absolutely nothing in this world can shake us because of the power of the Holy Ghost. And because of the victory of His cross and our understanding that no weapon formed against us can ever prosper. Listen to what I said. No weapon formed against you can ever prosper because God says so. So it doesn't matter what the devil brings. It doesn't matter what he brings into our lives in terms of uh, the contrary circumstances. It doesn't matter. We don't look at that. We look at the Word. That's, that's the challenge. To look at the Word only. Keep our eyes focused upon the Lamb. You know, uh, when Israel was being bit by those snakes in the wilderness because of their disobedience, all they had to do to get healed was look at the snake on the pole. Just keep their eyes focused on him, and the supernatural power of God would come in and, and bring deliverance. Same holds true with us in every situation. If we'll look at Jesus... Look at the finished work of the cross. We can understand that we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And nothing can defeat us because the Bible says he always causes us to triumph in Christ. Doesn't matter what we're going through. We were designed by God to overcome it. Okay? Didn't say a weapon would not be formed. In this world, you're going to have tribulation, Jesus said. But be of a good cheer. I have overcome the world for you so that you can overcome it and walk in divine victory. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. I don't know how far we're going to get tonight, but uh, this is going to be a good series. I'm convinced of it. We're going to take it real slow. First Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience 
and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes always on the blood. Focus on the blood. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We receive all of these things, all of these blessings, all of this deliverance because Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. And God sees us raised from the dead with him. Amen? That's, where we're, that's our position. You're not, you're not uh, fighting to get a position. You already got a position. Okay? You're already positioned for victory. You're not trying to find a place for victory. You're already positioned for victory. Stop trying to fight for a victory. You already are in a position for victory. Our calling is to stand by faith and hold on to that position with an understanding that we cannot be defeated because of this covenant we have with God. Verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, blessed with all spiritual blessing, the Bible says, in heavenly places. Everything we'll ever need, everything that we'll ever need in, in this life, we already have access to. Verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season. Somebody say a season. It's not forever, but now for a season, if need be. You are in heaviness through manifold temptations. So we have seasons where we go into uh, the valleys, we go into difficulties, we have tests and trials, we, we experience those things, but that, those things do not deter us because we have an understanding that it's just for a season and it's for our benefit. Anything that, that God allows us to uh, encounter in our Christian life that is negative to us, God's going to use it as a stepping stone to the next glory that he's taking us to. We have to have that mindset. We have to have that understanding. Before I go into the battle, I've already got the victory. I wish somebody would say amen to that. Before I go into the battle, I already have an assurance that I got the victory over this thing. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to read that verse again. Wherein you greatly rejoice, so I'm greatly rejoicing, even though I'm in heaviness through manifold temptations, because I got my eyes on the word. I got my eyes on the promise. I keep my eyes upon the promises and not upon what I'm going through or what's coming against me. Because I know that what's coming against me will be ultimately defeated because of the power of the word of God. Verse 7. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold though, that, that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So, as a child of God, i got to always remember that my faith is meant to be tested. It's going to be put on trial to, to find out if it's genuine. So God allows the test and the trials not to defeat us, but to cause our faith to be put on display. And some of the things that we go through are fiery trials, the Bible says. I think as Peter said, Think it not strange concerning the, the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. It's just a part of the, the situation in terms of when we're walking uh, with God. God allows giants to approach us. He allows uh, difficulties to encounter us because he already knows what he's placed on the inside of us. 
which is victory and power and grace to overcome it. But I have to have a mindset like that. I got to think like that. When things, unexpected things enter into my life, I got to know that this too shall pass. And I'm going to go to that next level of blessing once I come out of this. Okay? So my, my faith will be tested in this life. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. So my faith will be tested. So I'm not surprised when things unexpected happen. Because I know that even in this, I will overcome because of my faith in Christ. Romans 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think, more, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt with every man, to every man the measure of faith. So God gives faith to everybody. Everybody has, we all start off with the same measure of faith. And that faith that we have, it comes from God himself. So it's, it's, it's real faith. It's God's faith. But that faith is, is, is God's will that that faith be developed. He, so that it can grow. He wants our faith to grow. Uh, I can start off with that measure, but God wants it to grow far and beyond that. Uh, everybody will experience tests and trials. Everybody will experience the pushback from hell. But it's during those times that that measure of faith grows. And God, the development of my faith is most important to God. God is more interested in my faith developing than my comfort. Somebody say amen to that. He, he's more interested in my faith developing than my comfort zone. So that's why God allows the test and the trial. So that that measure of faith can grow stronger and stronger so that he can be glorified in the earth through you walking in victory by way of his word. But I got to get to the point where I don't look at trials and tests from a negative perspective. I look at them as bread for me. Amen. I look at everything that the enemy sends, because God allows it. I, I look at everything that the enemy sends has bread for me that's going to get me stronger and stronger in the spirit. Now, it takes maturity to be able to look at, look at it like that. The children of Israel in the wilderness, they failed God because they did not look at things from that perspective. And they, the Bible says they provoked God because of that unbelief. So when trouble comes, understand that when I'm walking in the will of God, that God expects me to overcome that thing by faith. He expects me to trust him when it doesn't look like nothing's going right. He expects me to trust him when my world is falling apart. Because he is in the boat with you. Amen? He wants you to have that understanding. So I'm not looking at the thing that's coming against me. I'm looking at the Word of God all the way through. I found me a promise in the Bible that's dealing with this situation, and I've decided I'm going to look at it only all the way through this trial and this test. And when I do that, God guarantees me, as I st haven't done all standing on the Word, I will overcome it. So I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't know what you're experiencing tonight. I don't know what you're believing God for tonight. 
I don't know what contradiction the enemy is sending, but God wants you to know that he has a victory for you on the other side of this thing. As long as you keep your eyes on him. Okay? It's very important that we do that. And, of course, that's, that's a, a part of the renewing of the mind, keeping our eyes on the word, coming to church on Sunday, listening to these powerful messages that Pastor Angela is teaching us, keeping our eyes on the promises, understanding that God is taking us somewhere. But the road is not always easy, but it's sweet when we get the victory. Amen? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Very familiar scripture here. Thank you, Lord. Well, it's just one verse. (laughs) For we walk by faith and not by sight. Just hold on to that for a minute. We walk by faith and not by sight. Let's substitute that word faith for the word. We walk by the word and not by what we see. We keep our eyes focused on what the word says. And we utterly reject anything that, that does not agree with the word of God. That is what they say, fighting the good fight of faith. That is focusing on the promises instead of the problem. Somebody say, well, that's easier said than done. Well, it's, 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 it's easy to do once you understand how this, how this thing works. It's easy to do once you figure out that God is for you and not against you. Because one of the things that the devil will tell you while you're going through the difficulty is that God has abandoned you. And sometimes it'll seem like he has. Sometimes things get real quiet in the storm. But it's during that time where we keep our eyes focused on Jesus anyhow. He may not be speaking, but whatever he told me last, I'm holding on to that. And with that type of faith, I'm going to come out of this thing. And I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but you're coming out of this. You're coming out of it, and you're going to be crowned with a crown of glory, hallelujah, because of, of your faith in God, your trust in God. Second Corinthians 4. Verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, and the things which are not seen are eternal. So God, he commands us not to focus on what we see. He says, don't look at that. He commands us to look at what is not seen, which is the Word. He commands us not to focus on the natural. Now, we don't deny the natural. We don't deny what we see. We don't deny the pain. We don't deny the lack. We don't deny the the delay. We don't deny the mountains that stand in front of us. We just don't give our attention to it. See, that's the key. We don't deny the things that we're going. Somebody asks you, are you in pain? Yes, I'm in pain, but I'm not focusing on the pain. What did the doctor's report say? Well, the doctor's report said this, but I'm not focusing on the doctor's report. I'm focusing on what God has said. I'm focusing on what Isaiah says about my situation. By his stripes, I am healed. And that's the only thing that come out of my mouth. That has, that has, listen to me now. This is where the victory is won. That has to be the only thing that comes out of my mouth. 
The, the, the sword of the Spirit is truly the sword of the Spirit. It's the only thing that will put the devil in his place in your situation. Is that word from God that you're standing on. And that word from God that you will release your faith by speaking it. See, if you're not bold enough to say it, it won't happen for you. You've got to be bold enough to speak what God speaks, to say what God says before you're going to experience what God has for you. And you've got to do it when all hell is breaking loose. That's where the battle is won and lost. What am I saying in my closet? What am I saying when everything looks dark? What's my response to the devil when he speaks those lies and injects those thoughts into my mind that I'm not going to make it this time? What's my response to him? It has to be, devil, it is written. It is written. I got to find a verse of scripture and I got to stand on it and I got to speak it anyhow. So I don't deny the, the, the situation. I just don't give my attention to it. And that's where the battle is won and lost. Our focus has to be on the Word because if my focus is not on the Word, I won't speak the Word. I'll speak what the circumstance is. Like I say, I don't deny the circumstance, but I'm like God. I call those things that be not as though they were. I call those things that or not existing right now as though they did. I say I'm healed when the, my body's racked with pain. That's, man, I, I tell you, I, I don't tell you how many times I've had to do that. How many times I've had to do that before I stand up here in the pulpit somewhere and the devil is attacking my mind, attacking my body. But I got an assignment to do and I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. And so you, you, you act on what the Word says, no matter what. And then something happens. <laughs> All I know, some, the power of God comes. And your deliverance is there. You may not step, be standing in the pulpit or something like that, but whatever God has called you to do, the devil cannot take you out if you're operating in the anointing and in the assignment that God has for you and if you're speaking the Word. You can't be defeated. But we got to get to that point where we really believe it. Got a few more minutes. Romans chapter 4. I remember when the, the doctor told me, Last November, he said, you got cancer. Two doctors. One dermatologist and then got a second opinion from MD Anderson. Both of them said, you got cancer. You're, uh, you got it, and uh, it's for real. And it was at that point, I remember uh, when I was walking in Kroger's grocery store, and I got that call. It was at that point that I had to make a decision. I said, you know what? Uh, I hear what you're saying, and I thank you for letting me know. And so I said, well, you know what? This is a faith fight. This is a faith fight. This is the most difficult thing that I've ever faced in terms of sickness or whatever. And uh, I called my wife. I remember calling her. And I told her, I said, told her what the doctor said. She said, you kidding. I said, no, I'm not kidding. I said, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to fear. We're not going to succumb to fear. That's not a part of this equation. She said, I'm with you. Long story short, God gave me a miraculous healing. But I, I really believe it was because at that point in the beginning, I made a decision, we made a decision, that we was going to walk by faith no matter what. 
no matter if he was going to use the doctors, no matter if he was going to do it supernaturally, however he was going to do it, he was going to do it in faith in what the Word says. So what I'm preaching tonight, I had to live it. Saying something that I'm, you know, a lot of times preach stuff, but I had to live this. I had to experience all that stuff. But I'm telling you, by God's grace, the only thing that came out of her mouth and my mouth was the word. We didn't even talk to tell nobody. Because we didn't want nobody, you know, saying anything extra. You know what I mean? It was just going to be speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word. And praise the Lord. Like I say, praise the Lord. He, he brought deliverance. Romans 4, verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. How many of y'all know everything we receive from God by faith is by grace? To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. So everybody that's in the body of Christ should have an expectation of the promise being made manifest in their life. As long as it's a covenant promise, you should have an expectation that God's going to bring it to pass for you. Not only that which is of, of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, which is the father of us all. So Abraham is our example. He, the Bible says he's the father of us all. He's our example of how to live by Bible faith. How to operate in this world, connecting with God through Bible faith. How did Abraham respond to what he saw and what he felt? If we can exhibit the same kind of faith that he did, we should expect to see the same kind of results that he had. Knowing that God is no respecter of persons. Knowing that he is, Abraham is our example of how to walk with God in this manner. But again, I have to radically and aggressively believe like he believed. I got to get to that point, and Abraham did not get there all at once, but, he, but God got him to that point where he was fully persuaded. Nobody could tell him different. Didn't care what anybody said or anybody thought about his situation. He said he was going to get what God had for him, because God said so. He didn't care if nobody else had ever experienced this before. He said, I'm going to get it because God promised it. Somebody say amen to that. Verse 17, I'll close here in verse 17. As it is written, again, going back to the word, that has to be our standard, the Word of God has to be our standard. It has to be what we look to in the midst of everything that's coming contrary to the promise. As it is written, I, God says, I have made you a father of many nations. He said, I did it. No devil in hell can change what I do. No devil in hell can change my will for you if you'll believe me. I have made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, causes dead things to come to life. I don't know. Maybe you got something dead that needs to come to life. The God that we serve is able to do it. He's able to resurrect that thing if you'll believe him. If you'll exercise the divine faith of God that's in you already, you can experience the supernatural power of the living God. He'll give you a witness, hallelujah. Who quickeneth the dead, and this is it right here. He calleth those things which be not as though they were. That's how God talks. He calls those things that be not as though they were. God will call you rich when you got zero dollars in the bank. 
He'll call you healed when every doctor has given up on you. He'll call you healed. He says you're the head and not the tail, above only and never beneath because of what he's done for you and I through Christ. That has to be our focus, even though for a season it doesn't look like it's happening. This is the time to dig in and say, you know what? If God said it, I'm going to hold on to that word. Hurts, but I'm going to speak it anyhow. The pain is raging in my body, but God is greater than my body. He's greater than the pain. I believe and trust what he said. Stand to your feet tonight. I want to pray with you tonight. I want to join my faith with yours tonight, whatever it is that you're believing God for. And you ought to be believing him for something. Your faith ought to always be active for something. He always has something before us that he wants us to experience. Whether it's healing in your body, whether it's a touch for your family, whatever it is. The Bible says he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. And so, Father, we approach your divine throne tonight because of your divine word. We've heard your word concerning faith in your word, concerning faith in you. And we lift up to you, O oh God, those things that are on our hearts tonight. That situation that's been there for a long time. And we've just about, some of us, just about ready to give up on it. But God, our faith has been ignited tonight because of what you said. Because of the possibilities in you. And so, Father, we lift those things up to you, up to you tonight. And we ask you to breathe on them tonight. Cause us to experience, oh God, those promises, those precious promises. May they be made manifest as we stand on your word in faith. And Father, you'll be glorified as your children walk in victory. We give you praise before we see it. We give you praise before we feel it. We give you praise, oh God, before it's manifested here in the natural And we bless you because of it. You are our God. And we worship you tonight. Our faith is in Christ Jesus. Therefore, our faith is in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Give him glory.